Welcome to Gardening Naturally with Jeff Ferris. Call or text Jeff now with your gardening and landscape questions. 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Um, beautiful weekend. Beautiful weekend for out in the garden. Little chance of rain, no big deal. You know, we're not going to be drowning us. But the weather looks good, <clears throat> and it's really fall garden weather right now because the nighttime low is not freezing. It's nice and crisp and cool, and the daytime high is really pretty good. With a lot of uh, sunshine, we may get some rain. Oh, weather radar shows a little rain out in the Lakeway, Marble Falls area. So maybe, maybe we're going to pick up some. We need it. No complaining about the rain. Let's go to the phone. This is Pat. Pat, what can I help you with? Good morning, Jeff. How are you? A wonderful day. What can I do for you? Uh, I heard you talking yesterday about uh, using horse manure in the garden. And uh, yes. I want to get your opinion on... Um, the concern about herbicide carryover uh, from the hay and 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 uh, uh, from the herbicides that are used uh, by the hay growers to control weeds. It is a <clears throat> it is a severe risk unless you know the source of your hay, unless they can certify that they didn't use those herbicides, <clears throat> which is generally Picloram, Tordon, uh, 2,4-D products, things like that. Unless they can certify that, you are always at risk because the product will come out of the horse just about as intense as it was when it was sprayed on the um, hay. What can you do about it? Not a lot. If you have it in there, the half-life of some of these products is as much as 500 and some days. That's just, that's years before it breaks down enough that it would be safe to use. Composting it first and getting it as hot as you can will help it break down. It is not cheap to get it tested. That's the problem with it. <clears throat> you can have a test run, and they'll tell you whether or not there's anything bad in the, in the manure. But it's not inexpensive. So if you have composted it really good, got it good and hot, really broke it down, what you can do is you can plant um, beans <clears throat> into the compost, and watch how they come up. If they don't come up at all, ugh, you may want to question that. But if they come up and they have really malformed leaves, if they don't look like a normal bean leaf, that could also be a sign that you have a problem with the, the fertilizer having um, some kind of herbicide in it. There's no simple and easy test. 
other than to try to plant something in it and see how it grows. All right. Thank you very much. Thanks for the call, Pat. <clears throat> I'm sorry, folks, that's really bad news, but there's not a lot we can do about it. Unless whoever you're buying the hay from guarantees, guarantees that there is no herbicide in the hay, you don't know. You don't know, and you could be using it and slowly but surely killing your garden. <clears throat> Sorry, folks, allergies are just really killing me today. Um, <clears throat> you know, folks will make pathways through their yard or they will have an area where it's all gravel or rock beds. And one of the problems we have is, of course, we still get weed seeds that come in. And they will grow up in these areas and they ruin the appearance. So what can you do for a gravel bed, for a stone bed, a granite bed, to handle the weeds. Well, one advantage, <clears throat> and it's a big one, but a good one, is that the gravel, the stone, the, uh, the granite are inert matter. So you can use the weed killer sprays that are things like um, the horticultural vinegar and products like that, because you're not going to harm the rocks. Having some all the time and going through your bed and seeing, whoop, there's one, squirt it right away. Only spray it on the things you're trying to kill. Now, another um, option people will say, well, you should have put down some kind of uh, weed cloth or something before you put the stone in there. That's not true. Many of the weeds are seeds that are blown around by the wind or deposited by animals. Birds can uh, <clears throat> really spread a lot of weed seeds. So even if you had a great weed barrier and then put your stone, gravel, granite on top of it, you'll still get weeds showing up. Now, pulling them out's the big winner. Pull carefully so that you get all the root you can. And pay attention. If you get a weed and you allow it to bloom, that means you're gonna get a whole bunch of weed seeds. Now, the Organic weed killers, and there's a lot of them now. There's a lot of them. They'll work fine. Just spray the weed alone. They won't uh, damage the stones. <clears throat> they won't ruin the coloring. 
but they'll get rid of the weed. That is, unfortunately, the only thing you can do to keep weeds and grasses from sprouting in those kind of beds. Because of the fact that the weeds can be dropped in on top of the stone and can germinate there, weed barrier is not going to stop the problem. So the sprays can work really well. Remember, early in the morning spraying on a day with a lot of sun. It'd be nice if it was warmer than right now, <clears throat> but that's fine. The sun will get the plant to take up the spray. The spray will kill the leaves. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. I gotta take a quick break. I'll be right back. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Welcome back, everybody. It's uh, a great day in the garden. It's always a good day in the garden. You know, it's like claiming there's a bad day fishing. No, <laughs> there isn't. We're <clears throat> coming up to the fall garden. Now, folks have been wanting to plant milkweed by seed. Antelope horn is one of the most common ones. It's a, a returning milkweed. I, I guess you could call it a perennial. It tends to form clumps and it is attractive and provides pollen and nectar for other insects. There's a butterfly called the gray hair streak and it loves this plant. <clears throat> Bees also love it. So Let's say you want to start some. You have access to seed. The best resource for figuring out how to plant it, go to seed source. One word, seedsource.com. <clears throat> this is the, uh, the business of Native American seed. They work really hard to collect the seeds that are available to grow in Texas, that will grow well in Texas, and you can purchase seed there, including antelope horn if you want. They have a, <clears throat> a really clear write-up on how to grow it, how to set the seed out. <clears throat> Does it need to be... Um, chilled for a certain period of time before planting it, uh, how deep, everything about starting antelope horn, they've got a great write-up about it. And it will help you become 
much more successful planting it and getting it to show up on your property. Can you plant it in a pot? Yes, you can. It's, <clears throat> it's possible to do so. I mean, we have growers start them in pots and bring them to the nursery and we sell them out of the nurseries in the pot growing, but it would be best if you can put it in the ground. I have a whole bunch of survey flags. You know, you, you go to a big box store and you can get a bundle of these little metal stakes with flags on them. <clears throat> and we walk through the yard and actually look for the starting milkweed. And I'll put a flag down next to it. That reminds me not to mow over it. And we provide as much milkweed as we can to the monarchs when they start their spring migration. It is in the spring that they are laying eggs. If you see a monarch now, it's not looking for a place to lay eggs. It's looking for nectar. It's heading south. <clears throat> in the spring, they're leaving Mexico and they're heading north. And they want to lay eggs on the way north. When the, the current crop of monarchs hits Canada, they will make the flight all the way back, nonstop, to Mexico. So if you're looking to provide habitat for them, antelope weed or antelope horn is a really good one for the monarchs we see in our area. <clears throat> now there is something called swamp milkweed, which also is a favorite of the butterflies, but it's not found so much in our area. It is a, you know, a north, northwest type uh, milkweed. But the antelope horn does well here. It's attractive. It can have a lot of blooms on it. And it provides nectar for other butterflies. So if you're trying to start one, if you happen to have the seed or you want to purchase the seed, go to seedsource.com. That's Native American Seed. They have the seed available if you should want it. And not only that, they have a beautiful write-up that defines here is how you will plant it to get the most successful chance of it germinating and blooming for you. If you find some growing on your property, try not to destroy it. Mow around it. 
if you have to. The longer it is in one spot, the more likely it will start spreading to other spots. And you could have quite a bit of it growing. I have one uh, area on my property where I probably can get 20 antelope horns growing in an area that's little more than 100 square feet. They do really well where they are at. And they get bigger and better every year. I get more of them when I try not to mow them. That's part of the thing, where I find them. Where I got them on my property is an area that I don't mow very often because it's kind of rocky. And it doesn't have much grass on it. So, again, Native American seed, a wonderful write-up on how to successfully propagate the milkweed. Now, once you get one growing or you find one growing, you will get a zillion seeds out of it. One of the milkweed pods, the minute it cracks open a little bit, if you want to cut it off and grab it, you will have a lot of seeds. They'll just be waiting to to pop out and grow for you. It is a great way to help out. And it's an attractive plant. We're not trying to plant something that's ugly. It'll do well here. It'll do well, and you'll be very happy with the results. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. Coming up to the bottom of the hour, so we need to break for the news. I'll catch you all on the other side. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512 836 590. Good day to be outside. Um, I don't know if you heard that weather report. <clears throat> if you're a skier, it looks like it may be a decent year for you. They have some serious snow coming right before Thanksgiving, of course, which means travel's going to be disaster. But that snowpack is what provides water to much of the West, which has been in a terrible drought. So maybe you get to ski and the Northwest gets to um, finally get some water. I think the snow is beautiful. I think the snow is super beautiful around the holidays. I'm from the Midwest and I can actually remember Christmas Eve's where the snow started falling. Uh, They were beautiful. I mean... You talk about a hallmark moment. It was fantastic. Over the last decade, (laughs) we haven't seen snow in in December 
yet alone on Christmas Eve. Kind of takes some of the sweetness out of the air. You know what I mean? We don't get snow here. Let me rephrase that. I thought I had heard on one of the weather stations that we have never had a white Christmas. We got close before, but we've never had a white Christmas here. And that's disappointing. Everybody should get to experience that at least once. That doesn't mean we didn't get snow in central Texas. Now, it's been a few years, but we had a snowstorm, and it tends to be around Valentine's Day, really weird. We had a snowstorm here in central Texas, got a couple of inches of snow. Both of my dogs, who'd never seen it before, were totally freaked out. You know, they're running around snorting up snow, and they got it all over their head. But they don't know what to do with it. They're like, I'm not seeing this. What is it? It was pretty. Man, it was really beautiful. Um, The problem was that because we don't get snow, everybody suddenly does exactly opposite of what they should when they're driving. And one of the first things they shouldn't do is drive. Nothing is so urgent that you can't let the snow melt first. But it would be nice to see snow this year. Unlikely, it's unlikely, but not impossible. We've had, uh, I moved here in 85, and that year, we got about, oh, I don't know, three inches of snow. San Antonio got 13. Yeah, it was amazing. It was amazing. I was disappointed. I would have rather seen the 13 inches of snow in Austin, but that's just how it goes. <clears throat> I got texted by someone that I was mentioning a seed. Um and they want me to repeat it. We were talking about seedsource.com. That is the company called Native American Seed. They carry all kinds of seeds. They even have some started plants for you. But if there is a seed for a Texas wildflower, they probably got it. And they can get you anything from a small package that covers 20 square feet to truckloads of it if you wanted to redo um, big areas of ground. The seed we were talking about was a milkweed. It's called antelope horn. It's an Asclepia, which is a milkweed. It is a a great plant. And again, they have a blog post. They have a write-up that will tell you how to be most successful in starting this plant from seed. 
it can be kind of particular. It, it, it can be a bit of a problem. But check with them, and they will help you be successful. They also have the antelope horn available by seed you could purchase from them. But they will help you be successful in getting it to grow. We will probably be hearing people telling you, you have to cut your milkweed back. No, you don't. All right? They'll tell you that you got to cut your tropical milkweed back because the butterflies will lay eggs on it and son of a gun, they won't fly to Mexico. No, they won't. That is not true. <clears throat> there is a ton of milkweed growing right now. I have antelope horn growing, which is a milkweed. I have the vigorous variety of milkweed. It's growing all over my property. There is a, a milkweed vine that grows at this time of the year. And the butterflies are not stopping to lay eggs on it. The butterflies, the monarchs, they are traveling south. They're headed to Mexico. They are looking for nectar. They need food. They're not laying eggs. They're not going, oh, look, milkweed. I'm not traveling any further south. There's a lot of talk they'll tell you, make sure you cut down your tropical milkweed. It'll poison the butterflies because it gets this disease. We freeze here. That's a given. We freeze here. Once we freeze, that'll take out the tropical milkweed for you. It is not going to... The disease is abbreviated OE. It is not going to increase the risk of OE. I have more problems with the normal predators, the parasitic wasps attacking my caterpillars, not from OE. <clears throat> and cutting back your tropical milkweed doesn't make a lot of sense if you're not cutting back all of the milkweed you could find. And you don't want to do that. You can wind up killing the native milkweeds. So plant more milkweed at any opportunity. Let's go to the phone quick. This is David. David, what can I help you with? Jeff, uh yeah, thanks, Jeff. I uh, heard you talking about the uh, cold weather snap. I, I remember a time back in St. Louis where it was 60 degrees in the afternoon at 3 o'clock, and by 7 o'clock at night, there was uh, 8 inches of snow. And uh, <laughs> it just uh, an amazing <laughs> change in the weather, just amazing. I remember trying to ride my bicycle down through there. Uh, what I wanted to raise, though, was, and I, I did this in an earlier call about a month ago, I guess, uh, it's legal to grow hemp in Texas, right? And this is not the smoking no, it, stuff. This no, it's not. No, it's not. They haven't got the licensing done yet. 
Really? I, I'm looking at a 2018 farm bill, uh, which legalized. They approved his, uh, it. They did. But if you read the rest of it, they have to set up licensing and regulation, and they haven't completed that yet. Well, when you think about agricultural, you know, protecting the topsoil, hemp is just fantastic. It'll hold the topsoil in the worst rains. It'll shade everything. It produces uh, habitat for ducks and mice, or not mice, what do you call it, a rabbit. You know, the, in Missouri, uh, when Nixon was trying to outlaw uh, cannabis, he, the agriculture department in Missouri refused to listen to him because duck hunting alone was a fantastic industry and it was enabled by all of the seeds from hemp and whatnot. And uh, so to, to cut out one thing ruins the economy and a whole bunch of other sectors. And thinking about Texas's cattle production, hemp used to be a massive uh, uh, silage uh, income. Uh, and so when you start looking at hemp production in Texas, they're refusing to uh, allow it to happen. And then they're forcing everybody to use hay, which has far less nutrient. And when you cut the hay, then you end up with barren soil, which is not good for anything. Um, so it just shows the short-sightedness of the Texas legislature. And uh, uh, so I'm just wondering... Yeah. Yeah, David, uh, there, that is not the only issue that people will tell you that the Texas legislature is short-sighted on. David, I'm up against a break. Um, I've got to take a quick break here. I will catch everybody on the other side. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Um, going to be a nice day. Going to be a nice day. Uh, there's a chance of some rain. It's not a huge chance, but there's some possibility and being Texas, guess what? We don't complain. Take all the rain we can get. That's the only thing we can do, and that's what we should be doing. Okay. Uh, one thing that we need to adjust to, this is winter weather now, right? Some, many of our plants, many of our plants will be losing their leaves now. Totally normal. One of those, <clears throat> they'll look pretty bad. Some of them will actually go to the point, oh, someone says uh, it's raining in Cedar Park. Cool. Um, some of these plants will disappear. They will die to the ground. They'll just totally disappear. Pride of Barbados is one of those plants. It will lose its leaves. Figs, they'll lose all their leaves. Um, Esperanza, They'll lose all their leaves. You'll cut the stalks down and they'll start over again. 
Amelia, Mexican um, firebush. These plants disappear during the winter. That is not unusual. And we're going to have a lot of that happening. You can't prevent it. That is the nature of the plant. Let's go to the phone. This is Betty. Betty, what can I help you with? Oh, uh, Jeff, I had an awful weed last year in the yard. It's called Dotter. I think it's D-O-D-D-E-R. Yes, ma'am. Pretty bad. Yes, ma'am, I have, and it is a horrendous weed. It's terrible. How do I prevent it from coming back this year? And, you know, there are some strong chemicals, but I'm not into that. Okay. Dotter is such a bad weed that Texas A&M has a big write-up on if you find Dotter on your property and what you should be doing about it. They actually want you to let them know you have it because they do not want it to spread uh, spread everywhere. It is, it is just disastrous. It is a really unique weed. They've studied it so much. They discovered that if they put a, they have a growing daughter plant and they put two different plants on the side of it. It can smell the difference in the plants and will intentionally attack the one that it wants. I mean, that's a little creepy, but daughter is terrible. Used to be called, or is also known as Japanese daughter, and it is uh, difficult to get rid of. A&M has information that can help you learn to get rid of it and keep it gone. Uh, it is. <clears throat> Do you have a website or something? I'll tell you how it got here. We had construction across the street a couple of years ago, and it. I think that's how it arrived. Um, the. Look up Texas AgriLife, A-G-R-I-L-I-F-E, Texas AgriLife. That's the link to the Texas A&M. Um, they'll give you a, the links to horticulture, to weed treatment, things like that. It is a, a nasty weed. If you got rid of it last year... If you got rid of it last year, you just need to be really attentive this spring to look for it and get it pulled out of there as quick as you can. But check with Texas AgriLife. When you get there, they have a search button. Just put in daughter and see what you can find out about it. They okay. want to get rid of it. They want to get rid of it too. They they don't want you suffering through it either. Okay. Uh, yeah. I spent a lot of time on my hands and knees pulling that stuff out. Yep. Yep. And 
There's a lot tell of times people when what they may... you look for. If you would, Jeff, tell people what it looks like. It looks like an orange spider web. Yep, exactly. Very thin, bright colored, and it grows. It can double in size overnight. I mean, it can really take off fast, and we we definitely need to get rid of it. But AgriLife yes. will have a link to it to tell you what you should be doing, how to get it gone, how to prevent it, things like that. Okay, thank you so much. You have a good day. You too. Thank you for the call. Uh, listen, I want to mention a text, and I'm sorry, I did know this, and I just totally blew it off. You know the zone maps? A plant is a eight a zone eight plant or a zone nine or a zone ten. They introduce new ones. I haven't been able to get my hands on one yet. Um, we are now no longer zone eight a. We're eight b or nine. What those zone maps mean is the cold, not the heat. But the cold, we now are less likely to get cold weather. I'm, I may not be explaining that great. For example, as an example, I don't have the exactness in front of me. If we're zone 8A, that means on average, we're going to only get as cold as 15 degrees. If we're zone nine, we're only going to get as cold as five or 10 degrees. We're now moving in to warmer weather. This is an exact reference to climate change. We're having to change these maps more frequently. We used to only get them. <clears throat> we used to only get them every 30 years. Well, we're coming up on 30 years. The last one was 2005. Hopefully, Hopefully, that's going to be over. I'll get that map for next time. I'll make sure I have a copy of it and we can talk about it. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. I'm coming up on the top of the hour. And the show's going to be over. I want everybody to have a happy and safe Thanksgiving. Enjoy the day with friends and family, or maybe to enjoy it, stay away from family. Have a good one. I'll talk to you next Saturday at 9. <laughs>